previously on the Untitled Beatles podcast. We are going to talk about songs that the Beatles wrote for their significant others. You know, you can make a case that some of the best songs Paul McCartney ever wrote are about Linda McCartney. Paul dated Jane Asher from 63 to 68. And was faithful to her from 63 to 63. As we get older, you know, we've got to spice up our marriage. You know, you go from eating at home to kisses on the bottom. From the A side to the B side. For a few minutes, I felt really dumb that I know so much about the weird Eric Kunzel studio cast album of The Music Man, and then your obscure Jan and Dean reference made me feel all right. Untitled Beatles podcast. Well, let's go to John. Um, by 68, he was full on with Yoko. And uh, he wrote a ton of songs about Yoko. Uh, we don't have enough time to go through them all. But, you know, just listing them off Ballad of John and Yoko, obviously. I Want You, She's So Heavy, which to me is one of the sexiest Beatles songs, if not the sexiest Beatles song. I want you. What do you think, TJ? Misery. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a lady and squeaky way, it's very sexy. Green ladies and gentlemen, want you to sit down, relax, and dance to the rhythmic music of Lenny and the Squeak Tone. I'm Lenny, and I'm the Squeak Tone, and that's Max. <laughs> Don't let me down. We just talked about this in the previous uh, episode. We've talked about that song a lot. I'm in love for the first time Don't you know it's gonna last It's a love that lasts forever It's a love that has no past It's just a fun quote I got on Don't Let Me Down from Roy Carr and Tony Tyler, some... Uh, Music critics, Don't Let Me Down is a superb sobber from misery expert J.W.O. Lennon, M.B.E. <laughs> I like that a lot. It's fun. Yeah. A lot of acronyms <laughs> in that beat of lore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then what's interesting about John, especially with the songs about Yoko, is the songs about his mother kind of intersected my mind to me. Like, while Julia is clearly about his mom... The growing relationship with Yoko is what I think inspired John to write and complete that song. Oh, totally. Yeah, and she's in whatever that is, the second or third verse. Seashell eyes, windy smile, yeah. calls me. Yeah, that's Yoko. Windy smile calls me So I sing the song of love Yeah, she gets lots of little mentions, like everybody's got something to hide except me and my monkey. That's Yoko. She gets mentioned in God. I just believe in me. Yoko and me. Happiness is a warm gun has a like a the sexual double entendre with the gun and all that. She's well acquainted with the touch of the velvet hand like a lizard on a windowpane. And then Girl, going back to Rubber Soul, not about Yoko, but John later claimed like 
that that song was written about a fictitious girl in his head that ended up turning into Yoko. She's the kind of girl you want so much it makes you sorry. Still you don't regret a single day. We don't talk about girl enough, especially on an album with Norwegian Wood. Putting the pieces of John's mind together in that mid-era Beatles is one of my favorite things. And, and I know we say this a lot, Tony, but if you look at three distinct era of the Beatles, it all kind of blend together early, mid, and late, obviously. That mid-period, I think, is probably across the board my favorite lyrically, musically, the fusion of drugs with what they had already experimented with musically. I mean, those albums, Rubber Soul and Revolver especially, I think are my sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah, you are a total mid-period, mid-period Beatles cat. Yeah. That and the Tony Sheridan stuff. And then, yeah, we get into his solo career, which we've talked about a little bit, but obviously some of the ones that John writes about Yoko are pretty easy to find. <laughs> Uh, there's Oh Yoko. Oh, Yoko. Oh, Yoko. Love will turn you on. Dear Yoko. Dear Yoko. Yeah, let's talk about that because we haven't actually talked about that song too much. That's the last John song on Double Fantasy, right? Pretty sure. Yes, because the original album doesn't have John doing the Yoko tune every every man is woman who loves him. That's a bonus track. That's uh-huh. not in the original. The, uh, yes. But that's him channeling Buddy Holly, channeling his younger self again. Oh, well, hella, hella, even after all these years, I miss you when you're not here. I wish you were here, my dear Yoko. Here, I got this quote. It says it all. It's a nice track and it happens to be about my wife. Instead of Dear Sandra, which another singer might write about a woman who may or may not exist, this is about my wife. There's such a joy in that recording with his buddy Holly, like, ahem, ahem. <laughs> oh, well, a hella, hella, even, yeah, totally. Yeah. But that whole record is that, Tony, I mean, just like starting over his buddy, he even says at the beginning, like we talked about on Twitch and Shout, this one's, and he goes, and for Buddy, you know, when he's yeah. talking about who the song is for, yeah. woman, he calls his Beatles song, woman is directly connected to the DNA of If I Fell. Double fantasy is John looking back while the Jack Douglas sound was looking forward. Totally, totally. And he also called woman also a uh, grown-up version of girl, which we had just talked yes. about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What did he call son of... Da- I, he called paperback writers son, son of, of Day da- Tripper. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. I think in those David Chef interviews from 1980, yeah. the Playboy stuff. Yeah. 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 I love that book. I read that book a lot. That's an essential read. I lo- I much prefer to the Jan Wenner yeah. 70 Playboy interviews, which is too close to it. But that one's so fun, though, too. It's so visceral. But yeah, you're right. It's a yeah. I just heard that Peter Jackson has still never read that book. He doesn't want to read that book because it's so he probably sees it as toxic or something like that. Hashtag Peter Jackson can't read, bitch. (laughs) There are markings. It's some form of elvish. I can't read it. There are few who can. 
getting back to woman. So that song is for Yoko, but it was also a more like universal song. It was also for all women. It was John growing up, you know, after he did his five years of baking bread or whatever it was, you know, and being an actual father to Sean. Woman, please let me he whispers for the other half of the sky. Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah. For the other half of the sky. Which is, uh, that's based on a Chinese proverb I read. So there's that. Are you proverb or anti-verb? <laughs> when where are you with adjectives? Simply unpack your adjectives. Woman is a key change. How many solo John songs have a key change? I wrote down key change too. I, I yeah. can't think of... Yeah, when that happened, I was like, wait, exactly. How many other songs did this? And I I had to, I can't think of any. John, in many respects, was the Beatles' Barry Manilow. <laughs> that one Finding time. it hard to do anything, you know, I feel. <laughs> like, he changes keys in that song nine times. Nine times. <laughs> Should we move on to George? No, I'm not done with Manilow talk. Because <laughs> it's daybreak. If you want to believe it can be daybreak. How's that for being the right thing? Well, George met Patty Boyd, a model, on the set of Hard Day's Night. This would have been in 64. Yeah, Boyd! Yeah, <laughs> boy. And man, yeah, I get it, man. She was a beautiful girl, man. Beautiful woman. Young woman. Uh, one of the first songs I can think that he wrote for her was a song called I Need You off of Help. Please remember how I feel about you. I could never really live without you. So come on back and see Just what you mean to me I need you I need you I need you And that one was for Patty Boyd Because they, uh, they married in January of 66 So they, they were still just boyfriend and girlfriend I will say this. This is something I've noticed about the Patty songs. A lot of them, there's an element of heartache in them. Things like I Need You. It was written during a time when Patty had briefly left George, you know, and you hear it in the lyrics. Yeah. And the use of, what is it, a tone pedal? What's he doing to make the song sound extra? Yeah, that's a, it's a volume pedal. Volume pedal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just fading in and out on the volume. Yeah, that has like a real, uh, it almost sounds like that Hello Walls cover that eventually that Willie Nelson song where the talking guitar like, hello walls. Hello, hello. I don't know that. <laughs> oh, you, oh, maybe we'll drop it. It'll be, it'll be cool. <laughs> hello walls. 
And then some other songs for Patty for you, Blue. You know, it's the happy go lucky blues. It's still a blues. <laughs> so it's a happy blues. Because you're sweet and lovely, girl. I love you. Something is attributed to Patty. Somewhere in a smile, she knows that I don't need no other lover. Here's a quote from Patty. He told me in a matter-of-fact way that he had written it for me. I thought it was beautiful. When asked what her favorite version of the song was, she said it was uh, the version of the one he played for her in the kitchen. <laughs> Interesting. And that's what led Patty to write Cook of the House for Linda. George would uh, claim that the song was not about Patty. By the 1996, he denied it. It was about Patty. And he started to claim it was maybe about Krishna, you know, as he was starting to do back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, actually, that, that's what I'm doing tonight for Valentine's Day. I'm going out with a couple of my Krishna buddies and we're going to we're going to get a we're going to split a steak. Do you remember when that was the big joke about like Hare Krishna's at the airport? That was right. like the big late 70s, early 80s joke. Airplane. Yeah, an airplane, <laughs> of course, too. Hello, we'd like you to have this flower from the Church of Religious Consciousness. Would you like to make a donation? No, thanks. We gave it the office. But I mean, clearly something is one of it's like his most iconic love song, I would say. Right. It's his most popular love song, at least that. Yeah, although he would have a lot more beautiful songs about Olivia in the future. There's yeah. some the mid-70s, and as we progressed with George as a solo artist, things started to get a little bit sad, right? I mean, he has a song called So Sad. By his version of Bye Bye Love that we talked yeah. about a week or two ago yeah. is about the dissolving of the relationship with Patty. What's weird is the way he gave her to Clapton, basically, mm. uh, by the way, <laughs> we should talk about that Derek and the Dominoes album. Oh, yeah. Those are some of the seminal classic rock era songs too. Layla. And I'm pretty sure Bell Bottom Blues are also yes. about Clapton's obsession with Patty. Clapton then went on with, with Wonderful Tonight after they were together, I yep. think, by then. I have all those written down, my friend. Oh, yeah. With regards to Bell Bottom Blues, I thought this was interesting. He wrote it for Patty after she asked Eric Clapton to get her a pair of Bell Bottom Blue jeans from the United States. <laughs> really? Which is a heavy errand. <laughs> Do you want to see me
the lyrics in that, I don't want to fade away in your heart. I want to stay. If I could choose a place to die, it would be in your arms. Unvaccinated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got fucking clapped in. And the beauty of that song is the drumming in that. It's it's what on the one and the three. Yeah, the snare. Yeah, yeah. The snare which, there, which, which was daring at the time. I love that song. I mean, I do too. It's my favorite Derek my, song. Yeah, that, I mean, I love Layla because of the piano outro. But that whole album, I looked away. Uh, keep on roll. I mean, there uh, any day. I love the Derek and the Dominoes album. It kills me that Clapton's become such a buffoon. By the way, Team Neil Young. Yeah, man. Yeah, Team Neil Young. All the way, man. Good for you, bro. Dig you. Dig you. Hey, I want to say about Layla. You know, yeah. they call it the piano exit, that second part of the song. Yeah. So that is kind of credited to Jim Gordon. He was kind of just goofing around on the piano but bobby whitlock claims that jim had taken that melody from his ex-girlfriend rita coolidge and rita coolidge sang the theme to the james bond film octopussy that's right happy valentine's day <laughs> and paul sang lovely rita coolidge <laughs> i thought it was lovely calvin coolidge <laughs> So, yeah, Patty had a lot of songs written about her, uh, not just by Beatles, but by uh, Eric Clapton. Oh, I sh can I say this about Wonderful Tonight? Yeah, go on, please. So that was written while Patty was waiting to get ready to attend the annual Paul and Linda Buddy Holly party in 1976, September 7th, 1976. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So okay. you have a Beatle tie in with Wonderful Tonight. You know, Clapton and George aren't the only ones who write songs about Patty. Uh, Colin Hay wrote Down Under for Men at Work about Patty. Are you serious? <laughs> Look it up. On a happy trail, hey, for a Sunday. Hey, Colin, what are you saying? So you just imagine it's about Patty Harrison? <laughs> I met a strange lady. She Patty made me nervous. All right. <laughs> well, yeah. So after uh, after Patty in 1974, George met Olivia. Olivia Arias. Newton John. <laughs> no. And they got physical. They got physical. <laughs> and Bill Murray did jumpy jacks on the Letterman show. <laughs> that was Paul Schaefer's. That was, the band was playing physical for that, right? Yes, the band was yeah. playing. That I was, remember it how was it a, sounded. Yeah. A hit at the time in 1982, February 1st, 1982. You gotta know that you bring it out. The So they met in 1974 at a party, uh, Olivia Arias, and uh, yeah, he wrote a lot of songs. I mean, we could list a, a whole bunch of them. Your Love is Forever, Beautiful Girl, Love Comes to Everyone, Dark Sweet Lady. 
I love that one. Another great one from the George Harrison self-titled record, my favorite of For All Things Must Pass. Yeah, he said that song represented a renewal that Olivia had brought to his life after those dark horse days, you know. Beautiful Girl is another great song, which was started around All Things Must Pass. We just got like a, an early version of it in the, yeah. the big uh, re-release. But he, yeah, came out in 76 and the lyrics reflect his new relationship with Olivia. Never seen such a beautiful And there's another Beatle connection here where Yoko did her version of it called Beautiful Boy. <laughs> You're a beautiful boy with all your beautiful toys. That one. <laughs> we'll get into Yoko songs a little later because she wrote some songs about John. We're going to yeah. get to those soon. Another song from the self-titled Soft Touch. It's kind of the closest he ever got to Parrot Rock. It's, there's a very like Jimmy Buffett vibe because that was written on vacation in the Virgin Islands. <laughs> I'm going to say Gontrapo is the closest he got to a Jimmy Buffett record. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) The title tracks basically changes in latitudes. You're right. You're right. I totally. How could I forget Gontrapo? You're right. But also Cheer Down, I love one of his later period songs. Cheer Down was an expression that Olivia used whenever George became like over-enthused as, you know, curb your enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. Show could have been called Cheer Down. I can see by your grin that you're trembling within. It's all over town. Cheer Down. And what's great about Cheer Down is that that's a co-write with Tom Petty. It's yeah. cool to see the Harrison-Petty uh, combo in the label. I love that they became tight. I don't pretend to be some Tom Petty aficionado. I really do love Tom Petty. I don't I, I, I don't like know all the records. I'm not going to pretend that I do. But I think it's so neat that inside and outside of the Wilburys, George and Tom Petty became really, really tight. I just think it's cool. I agree, man. Well, we kind of alluded to this earlier, but uh, yeah, as he was, you know, as he knew his own end was coming, he wrote this song for Olivia on the Brainwashed record, Never Get Over You. Is like goodbye song to her. It's just it's so sweet and sad. Sweet, sad, and strong. Like to know yeah. that it's coming to an end, and to be able to to still create a beautiful song for someone you love. I don't know, man. 
gets me. I'm being real honest right now. I'm I'm getting I'm getting emotional <laughs> thinking about that brainwashed album. Yeah, man. What, what what that record does to me? The instrumental of rocking chair in Hawaii. It starts off so joyous, and you get devil in the deep blue sea. There's rises and falls in that record. When that that made me very emotional when it came out. That is still a very emotional album for me. Yeah. Yeah, man. I totally get that, man. Not enough people bought it. Capitals artwork for that. It was like a. Uh, like a, a dark red and black cover in 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 O two, nobody knew what the fuck this record was. People yeah. were, I mean, Capital they botched the promotion of the last George Harrison's posthumous album about as much as any Beatle record that Capital ever touched. It is shocking the way Capital mismanaged the release of Brainwash. Nobody knew it. Nobody heard it. Yeah, it's a good record, man. It's a good record. record. We did a whole Top three. Uh, we did a whole episode on that. So. Yeah, man. Check that one out. Check that one out. Give that one a shot, man. Shiva, Shiva, Shankar Mahadeva. One last George thing. I mentioned this earlier, but George had a love letter to his fans. Apple Scruffs is a love song. Apple Scruffs <laughs> yeah. is a love song to the people who loved him and who were lo- loved the Beatles and hung out around Apple. So I count that as a love song, too. Totally. Apple Scruffs. Apple Scruffs. Yeah, those two gals that sang on uh, "Across the Universe." Yeah, that's for that's for them. Those two women did the bird sound effects. <laughs> They're very good. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's move on to Maureen. Well, I, I should say Ringo, and uh, yeah, so Ringo didn't write a lot of songs for for his ladies. He's you know he's the drummer. He's not the songwriter. But uh, tell that to Dave Grohl. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Or Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Collins. I know how to say. Um, <laughs> but for her 22nd birthday, he somehow got Sinatra to do this song for her called The Lady is a Champ. And technically, this is like the first recording for Apple. It was like an acetate was made. It was labeled Apple One. And it was for Moe's 22nd birthday, August 4th, 1968. There's some great lines in there. She married Ringo when she could have had Paul. That's why the lady is a champ. She married Ringo and she could have had Paul. That's why the lady is a champ. But then it goes on, TJ. (laughs) There's more. But Peter Brown called to tell me it's true. She sleeps with Ringo, but she thinks of you. (laughs) She sleeps with Ringo, but she thinks of you. That's why the lady is a champ. Did Ringo write the lyrics for this? (laughs) I don't know, man. I have maybe. I have no idea. I bet I saw maybe Peter Brown did. I don't know. But also during the Get Back sessions, you can hear them working on this song called Maureen. That is, it ends up kind of going into Thingamabob or something. But uh, yeah, they were working, they were working on something. It's kind of a cool, it's an oddity. It's not an official release. It didn't make any of the, didn't make the Peter Jackson thing, but that was technically for Maureen.
giant thingy-ma-bob. But it turned into that bit. Well, and that that became Ringo wrote a song about Maureen that was a uh, eventually covered by a disco band. It was called Mo Mo Mo. How do you like it? How do you like it? Mo Mo Mo. I thought that was about my favorite Three Stooge. <laughs> Why is you know that's you do the curly shuffle, you do the curly shuffle. Hey, wise guy, what are you talking? What are you talking? Yuck, yuck, yuck. Remember that? I do remember that. It was '86 or something like that. We don't like to fight and we don't like to scuffle, but we dance all night doing the curly shuffle. Hey mo, hey mo, hey mo, hey mo. Well, yuck, yuck, yuck. He did write a song, or I don't know if he wrote it, but he did have a song in 1976, Ringo did, about their divorce called Crying. Now don't it make you feel like crying, watching a good love slowly die. You and me could spend a lifetime trying, but we'd be better off just to simply say was very uh it's a bummer well and then he actually another one he wrote uh was monkey see monkey do about ringo's love of booze love is monkey see and monkey do that's all it is yeah he was hitting the sauce hard in the 70s man him keith Mm. moon harry nelson at one point john during the last weekend yeah it was it was it was like that man but then paul paul off of flaming pie right yeah, Paul wrote a beautiful tribute, um, Little Willow. Yeah. Which is just a gorgeous, a gorgeous little ballad. I mean, there's so many sad little songs on Flaming Pie. We'll do Flaming Pie one day, but maybe Jeff Lynne's best Beatle-related production because it's so understated. It's still Jeff Linney, like the, as opposed to Laurel. Laurel. <laughs> <laughs> Laurel and Linney. <laughs> hey, Laurel. Hey, Mo. Um, but yeah, uh, Little Willow, like we mentioned, addition to Calico Skies and Some Days, there's these little kind of miniature little tribute love songs in that album. And Little Willow is particularly beautiful. Paul does the falsetto Oz in that one. It's a gorgeous song. Oh, it should also be noted that George slept with Maureen. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was all a mess then. I couldn't find any songs about Barbara Bach, meaning like anything Ringo wrote like about her. Really? You don't know the obvious one? Do you want me to school you on the air here? Sure. It was called Grunt Machine, parentheses, the theme to Caveman. Corrected. <laughs> oh, you're right. On Valentine's Day, he wrote that beautiful song, Grunt Machine. <laughs> <laughs> kind of roughly James Brown inspired. <laughs> <laughs> um, other people I couldn't find songs about were uh, John's early girlfriend, Thelma Pickles. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say Thelma Pickles. 
Paul was engaged before uh, Jane Asher. He was engaged to Dot Roan. Dorothy. Yes. Dorothy Dot Roan. And some speculate that P.S. I Love You was maybe written for her. Didn't Paul write this one? Dorothy Dot Roan and I don't care. Dorothy Dot Roan and I don't care. Dorothy Dot Roan and I don't care. Dorothy got motherfucking Roan. Is that Paul? That was Paul, yeah. I think that was Paul. Yeah, you know, you know, John had that Norwegian wood. We're not sure who that's about. Some people said it was um, Robert Freeman's wife, the uh, Robert Freeman, the photographer. Other yeah. people say it's Maureen Cleave. But he was known to maybe have Thanks, an Mo. Thanks, Mo. <laughs> Thanks, Mo. Different Mo. Different Mo. <laughs> but it, apparently he, he might have had some serious affair with uh, 50s pop singer Alma Cogan, who he used to like – make fun of and do an impression of back in the art school days with Sin. And then in the 60s, when her career was on the decline, they started hanging out. And there's a there's an interesting uh, interaction they have on like one of those Ready Steady Go shows or something where he introduces one of her songs. Now, choose a record for us. Nice picture on the front. Oh, well, we have some Marvin Gaye or Medicals uh, yeah. or... Yeah, or... Uh, uh, look at oh, that. What we say? Marvin Gaye. <clears throat> Marvin Gaye. He's my favorite thing. <laughs> And, uh, of course, we could have, uh, who was the other? Yeah, just a minute. What Chanel's is this? Camera, camera. What's this going on here? We've got a campaign going on. Never sure. noticed. Oh, I know. How about, how about, how about, say, how about playing t -t Tennessee Waltz by Alma Warren? <laughs> <laughs> and there's kind of a chemistry there. She also covered Yesterday and I Feel Fine, so. Her Yesterday may be the definitive version of that tune. <laughs> Arguably. Argu arguably. I think people are arguing about that still, especially right in chat rooms. <laughs> Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. But also, I, I bring her up because she also had a hit with a song called Bell Bottom Blues. Same song or a different song with a different Different title? song. Completely different song. But I just thought that was real curious, man. I thought that was curious. I've got the Bell Bottom Blues Cause my sweetie is a sailor And he's sailing somewhere on the sea I, Who am I leaving out? May Pang. Good old May Pang. Uh, John's, that was uh, Yoko's understudy. <laughs> During the last weekend, Yoko appointed. Yoko approved. Yoko approved. And she didn't want to do it, meaning uh, May Pang didn't want to do it. And it sounded like she didn't have a choice. I got to read that book someday. I, when I get done with TuneIn, I'm going to read one of uh, May Pang's books. But um, surprise, surprise, uh, Sweet Bird of Paradox is uh, from Walls and Bridges. That song is about her. You know, I never knew that. I did not know that. I did not realize that. Yeah. Russell, did you realize that? No, I did not realize that. I love the way that begins. That's got a cool, tricky rhythm to that song, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's lusty. He later called it, of course, a piece of garbage or something like that. But 
But she also called eight days a week. So I don't take John's opinion, Clay, to heart toward the end. Real quick, Yoko wrote a bunch of songs about John. Uh, a lot of them are bummers because they were written during the, uh, you know, the Lost Weekend period. Uh, I Want My Love to Rest Tonight, Song for John, What a Bastard the World Is. What a bastard you are, leaving me all night, missing you. Uh, but there's some nice ones in there from Fly, 1971. She has a, it was an outtake. This is a bonus track, but it's called Will You Touch Me? KFC. Medium or whatever. Two, three. Will you touch me? No, hold on. One, two, three. Will you touch me? Will you touch me? When my... No, no, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong code. Okay. One, two, three. Will you touch me? Will you touch me when my body's full of fear? Will you reach me? Will you reach me when my body's so cold? Off of Approximately Infinite Universe, one of my favorites of her solo, Waiting for the Sunrise. Give me your hand. Things will be all right. I really like that. One and even earlier on, John John, let's hope for peace was one that she wrote with John in mind. And uh, we mentioned this earlier as a bonus track in Double Fantasy, but there was a posthumous Yoko collection, posthumous to John's death, of course, called Every Man as a Woman Who Loves Her on Polydor, mm. where John sang that song Yoko wrote. And I think Yoko wrote that for John to sing. Yeah, there's a bunch like kiss, kiss, kiss is kind of, you know, maybe some people are celebrating Valentine's Day with kiss, kiss, kiss. That's great. Just one kiss, kiss will do. Well, we didn't get to them all, but there's so many. Have fun exploring Beatles love songs this weekend. If you if you have you ever written a love song, TJ? I don't believe in love. I just believe in me. <laughs> just believe <laughs> Well, you're you're gonna do well in this new future that we've got ahead of us. <laughs> Yoko and me. And that's reality. Uh, have you written a love song? I have. Yeah, I've written one or two. They're usually heartache songs, but I yeah, I wrote a song called "The Glass House." I think that um, it's been a while. But... Oh, I know that one. 
crashed your party Saturday I said I'm sorry In concert he speaks it Because apparently it's funny Friday night I crashed your party Saturday I said I'm sorry From the album Glass Houses <laughs> You may be right TJ <laughs> I may be lazy with these bits <laughs> Do you remember the name of the other song you wrote? There was a song I wrote called Maybe, but that was a sad one. Um, a song called By You, which is about me uh, thinking about a girl when I took a solo road trip down to New Orleans. That could also be used to let someone know they're bisexual. <laughs> By you. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> or not. You know, I let, I let the listener interpret it, man. <laughs> this is where you're more abstract. I'm more direct. <laughs> That's why my favorite non-Beatles love song of all time is Shoot That Poison Arrow to My Heart. Shoot That Poison Arrow. <laughs> it's the Untitled Beatles podcast. Happy St. Valentine's Day to you. Whether you spend it at the library, eating tomatoes or potatoes, we're not sure how to say it, but... I'm Tony Mendoza for our producer, Casey Baker. That's TJ Shanoff tickling the ivories. Good night, my someone. Good night, my love. <laughs> the big ballad from Music Man is the same melody as 76 trombones and good night by someone shared the same melody line. Meredith Wilson. <laughs> Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. And if you like this Valentine's Day show, get ready for our Easter episode. Christ, you know it ain't Easter. <laughs> yes. We we did it. We got out. That's <laughs> that's the out. <laughs> <laughs>